Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Know to Grow podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ivan Khan, and I'll be breaking down topics around education, growth, and culture with the intention to help your own growth journeys. For those not familiar with our hosting organization, Constitutorial, I serve as a CEO, and we serve kids K-12 through in supplemental education centers throughout New York City. One of the unique privileges of my work is the opportunity to really know the various communities that our team serves and discover the various challenges that students face within themselves, their families, and overall community systems. Today, I'm joined by a very special guest, 23-year-old R&B sensation Rahman. Rahman arrived onto the R&B and hip-hop scene in 2015-2016 with hits like All Good, Hi, and Thanks, featuring Devarano. Since then, Rahman's growth led him to both perform and produce his latest album, PR Hawass, and with over 2.5 million listens on Spotify alone, it is my honor to introduce the Tri-State Area's very own Rahman. My brother, welcome to the show. Thank you for driving all the way out from your home state. It's so great to be reunited with you recently. My man, of course, of course, of course. I How's things it. been with the launch of Piad Hawaz? How's life for you this the last since November 1st, 2019, since the drop? It's been it's been kind of man, it's been kind of like it's been pretty fast, I'm not going to lie. Like, yeah. things have been things have been going up and down, left and right, and you know, doing this while I'm in school is always like a hectic thing. But honestly, man, I'm I'm just blessed. I, I just feel so blessed about the fact that I'm able to portray myself in an album like this and showcase it to the world or showcase it to as many people as I possibly can and have this be like 100% me, you know? I just We're like- very blessed to have it. I had a chance to listen to several of the tracks. You have been one of my uh, top artists on my playlist, in my car, for the last several months. Thank you, man. Thank you. You already started with gratitude and feeling blessed. What aspects of this album do you feel really blessed to share? Sounds like a pretty personal journey, this one, and, it, and it's really like 200% from your soul. Tell us about the content and the inspiration behind the music. Yeah, man. I mean, so this album is pretty much a culmination of everything that I've gone through within the past two years of my life, um, as well as know taking excerpts of things that have happened before then whatever Mm. um essentially this album is just growth and just learning how to find myself um learning how to love myself before i love others learning the difference between love and lust which is what yar havas love and lust is about Mm. um and really it's just the the past two years of my life i just haven't i i've been struggling a lot on loving myself Mm. and you know being stable mentally mm. and this album is pretty much me coming into myself coming into adulthood into manhood and mm. you know just learning how to learning how to be myself you know learning how to be me who i truly am that's a lot yeah. that that's a lot for any young person to go through and any even individual to go through that journey and it sounds like the album was a, a therapeutic catharsis almost to, to share your story. Absolutely. And maybe inspire others after you. That's take, always the goal. Take us, through, the goal. Uh, take us through the last couple of years and anything you want to share for the listeners around the inspirations behind any of the tracks or anything you, you want to share about, you know, that went into it. So... When I started making this album, I started while I was still releasing my last project mm. because I just felt like there was so much 
room to improve on like everything about myself, whether it was mental health, physical health, um, the way I would interact with others, the way I would trust other people. Um, and when I started this, this project's journey, I pretty much, I, I started off, you know, learn, learning how to produce better and stuff. And that's, that was, that's the sound. The sound is the sound. And I learned that in its own way. But learning how to express my emotion through my sound was something else. And, you know, I started off, my, my first song that I created on the album was Need Your Love, which is the second yeah. track on there. And fire track by that go on thank you <laughs> and i i just uh that that song kind of set the precedent for the rest of the album mm. where i kind of built the whole album around that kind of sound and you know just kind of experimented along with that and essentially uh, the the songs on this album are pretty much they they literally are what they are like they are what they sound like like balance was about um, which is the 11th track on there, mm -hmm. Balance was about the the instability that I had within myself, the insecurities I had within myself that I projected onto other people that I loved and mm. learning how to control that and learning how to finally find balance within myself and then therefore find balance within other people with me. That's um, incredible self-awareness, my young brother. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of people that would not recognize some of that phenomenon of projecting or displacing some of their own journey and pointing the finger at someone else. And, yeah. and based on my experiences, oftentimes it's our parents who get that blame unnecessarily. It's our significant other. Or, Absolutely. Or this or that. It's always our loved ones. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's the easy ones. And, and speaking of loved ones, your loved ones and my loved ones go way back to all our listeners. Yes, they do. Uh, so... <laughs> Rahman's mom and my second mom go way back to early high school days and early childhood days. And my second mom's in Australia right now. Uh, you know, our shared brother, Aswad, he's doing uh, the DM season. He's dropping some music out there with his crew. Yes, sir, he is. And when I was a toddler, I'm pretty sure your mom helped raise me in my grandfather's house with my aunt and mm -hmm. probably had to feed me. And when we, when your parents came to the States... The first places that posted up, we were we had the privilege of having them for five seven days before they, you know, got their own place. Mm -hmm. So, you're born and raised from Queens. Tell us a little bit about that before you moved out to Jersey, and uh, and any shout outs to uh, you know you know your mom and dad, and then the musical influences they had in you growing up. Yeah, of course. I mean, yeah, I was I was born in Queens. Um, I I wouldn't say that I was really brought up here because no. you know I moved out so early. Yeah. yeah. Um. We, we still once a Nick, once a Queen's head, always a Queen's head. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But uh, yeah, so we, we moved to central New Jersey when I was like six. Mm -hmm. And pretty much that's where I grew up. That's where I learned how to be myself and be, be a man there. Um, obviously, like, you know, here and there, I still got Queen's influence in me or whatever. But um, yeah, I I moved out to to New Jersey when I was six. We we've been moving around here and there. When I was thirteen, we moved to another town, mm -hmm. and just last month we moved to another town. Congrats! It's like all in the same area. Thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's that's pretty much what that is. You had um, a lot of music growing up in your house, cause like a lot of people are like, what? This is a twenty three year old like mofo with like two and a half million downloads and listens on Spotify, and he's brown <laughs> and he's, and he's bangali bangali like. 
people who see you, they'll, they'll, they'll see the style, the look. They'll be like, nah, nah, he's he's mixed. He's this. Yeah, I know yeah, both your parents, man. We're bangali, bangali. So tell yeah, us about that. A lot of people think I'm like Spanish or something. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> tell us about that cultural... Uh, did you have a battle in your head about becoming an artist? Uh, and we're South Asian, and you're still going to freaking school. You're, you're still, yeah, you're do. still, you're still getting that degree. So, so like, how did that, how did that intersection? Uh, so turn my, out for my you? parents are like extremely musical people, and they always have been, like, yeah. like since since forever. Like my my dad used to want to be a songwriter himself when he was younger in Bangladesh, oh, and essentially what happened was his parents told him no, you're going to finish school first and then you can do whatever you want. You know, you're going to get stable, you're going to get your job, you can do whatever, and then you can do whatever you want. Which makes sense for that culture's perspective because he was born and brought up in a village. Um, I don't know the name of the village, unfortunately. Yeah, it's fine. But, yeah, so he was he was born in the mud himself. Yeah. And, you know, financial stability makes more sense for him than than it would for, like, you know, somebody who's in the states like yeah. myself so relativity time yeah, yeah time and relativity scary. for sure so yeah he he couldn't do the whole songwriting thing himself he couldn't do the music thing himself when he was younger so he's doing it now he's a he's a big cover artist now with with a bunch of his friends they run a band called jersey waves jersey um, waves yeah and they still they still do a lot of gigs out in jersey uh sometimes out in new york too and they uh they absolutely inspire. You rock me. out. Absolutely. Man. What, is, what does your dad play? What does your dad play? My my dad doesn't play anything. He just sings. So oh, he's just, oh yeah. my god. So it's he, him, and his uh, two friends that uh, um, sing together. Um, how about your mom's? Like, what's her musical uh, connection? Cause, so cause you you can't just all get it from your dad's. You you're the type <laughs> of talent you have. You got to get it from both both oh, your man, thank you both the people at home. Um, now my mom, uh, she's not like. She's not a singer singer, but she does love singing. Like at home she like she plays her, her electric keyboard and sings like Sarigamapa along with it, whatever. Um, but yeah, she, she loves music, she loves singing, she just loves good music, you know, good wholehearted music. And she she shows me a lot of new music that I would have overlooked. Like like new music? How like, like what kind music. of music is she is she music like she was showing you? Like she listens to she, nah, she listens yeah. to everything. Okay. <laughs> she I was honestly gonna overlook the new post Malone album because She's like Arvin, because like, you offered nothing touch and so yeah, exactly. Like, what? <laughs> mom wanna use it. Yeah, so I was like I was like, all right, if my mom's recommending me the post Malone album, the the only reason I didn't like I wasn't listening to it was because I had so much going on with this album. Yeah, you were doing your own work. Yeah, so I was just like not stuff. listening to anything else. Yeah. And she was like, Yo, you should listen to this, it might inspire you a little bit. And I was like, Okay, all right, I'm gonna take my mom's suggestion for it. And I listened to it and I loved it. So like she, you know she she knows her stuff, man. Damn, <laughs> she, and she's like, he'd like this. Yeah, Irvin she, would like this. She knows her music That's very well. Fucking dope, bro. Yeah. <laughs> um. So is this is this cool for your parents that they're so musically inclined and not only are you in school and you, who put that pressure on yourself? You're you're studying finance. You're about mm -hmm. to finish, you know, undergrad degree in a couple semesters or whatever have you, mm -hmm. and you know like. How did you decide? Did you decide to complete your own degree? I or, or this, yeah, because yeah, it doesn't sound like your dad would push you to do the degree because he had that same stipulation. He's not gonna pass that shit on you. Yeah, yeah, no, he he didn't. Yeah, uh, it he doesn't sound like he did not pass that yeah. on me. Um, uh, well, 
way back when I was bad at music, <laughs> mm-hmm. when I was like actually like not that good of an artist, my dad and my mom were both telling me, you know, maybe you should do some with school while you're doing the music thing. And Keep you your day job, son. Right? <laughs> like... Yeah, yeah. That's that's what he said. And I did not agree back then. I didn't agree because I was like, no, I still have so much growth in this this music stuff to go for. I still have I still have so much left to do before I can like even look at anything else. And they were like, all right, whatever you say. You, know? you knew you were going to get better? I knew I was going to get better. I still know I'm going to get better, but... Are you still like, oh, shit. Like, yeah, I'm I'm not done. <laughs> all right. But, He's not done. And on that, neither are we on the Not Girl podcast. Perfect timing for our first break. Uh, before we hit up the growth section, you've been watching, you've been listening and watching the Not Girl podcast of Dot Driving Con, Pyar Hawass with Rahman. I'm that brown motherfucker with the juice, let's toast to the cards, it's me, you're my crook, yeah, I know that I ain't shit, yeah, man, I'm honest, but I'm on this path, yeah, I'm on it, trying to go faster now like I'm Sonic, so they trying to make this money, that's my target, I'm just trying to chill with my homies, never let my enemies hit, I no phonies, keep my circles hype with kin of my brodies, yeah, I might sit a bit, but I'm holy, and we're back to the Notre Girl podcast, Pyar Hawass with Rahman, this is Dr. Ivan Khan, we're reaching the growth section, Rahman, before we went to break, you had mentioned a few times, uh, you know, the influences you had in your family around music, your own personal belief and dedication to your own education and uh, financial security and academic stability. Mm-hmm. You've also been a very vocal advocate for the mental health journey for younger people after you. How did you make the choice to share with your fans and your audience, your mental health journeys. Because it's not only in your music. There's a Bengali renaissance of culture, uh, art, healthcare, topics that were taboo for us. We're, you know, putting it out there and we're having more safe spaces to talk about it. And, you know, there whether it was Bengali mental health movement or children of 1971, mm-hmm. I've been seeing more and more of you share your story. Take us through that. So... Mental health has always been a big thing for me. Um, when I was when I was twelve, that was my first year of like that was my first year of going through depression, uh, GAD, and uh, years years after that, I started going through anxiety, through panic attacks, stuff like that. And I'm super open about it because a lot of us aren't. Yeah. And somebody needs to be. You know. Mm. Um, a lot of artists, a lot of public figures, whatever it might be, that are, you know, brown, um, don't talk about it because there's a weird stigma behind it mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Like there's shame on being mentally ill yeah, at any point yeah. in time, right? Um, Alhamdulillah, I'm I'm fine right yeah. now, but uh, you know, I just my my experiences yeah. were so were so devastating to me yeah. that. Growing up, I told myself I wanted to be a therapist, right? Yeah. And this this kind of stems from me having a therapist when I was sixteen. Yeah. So when I was sixteen, I I had um I had a therapist, and I still have him. Yeah. I I haven't gone to him for a while. Yeah. But uh, he he kind of he he showed me like the light within myself. Yeah. So I have to I have to owe a lot to him, and he he pretty much kind of pushed me to want to be a therapist myself. Not not because he wanted to me to be a therapist, but because I thought, hey, it would be really cool if 
I could help other people the same way he helped me mm-hmm. because he's been through his his share of stuff. I've been through my share. And if I've been through what I've been through and I can help other people traverse through whatever problems they might have with empathy, with care, with kindness, then that's that's that would make me the happiest person alive. But unfortunately, through college, um, I was blowing up under an old name. And that was at the same time that I was going through this degree in psychology. And I had to kind of choose one or the other. And while I was trying to make that decision, I thought, you know, music is a form of therapy. Mm. So why don't I just put my 100 into my music, into crafting the type of music that I need to make in order to make other people feel better as well as myself at the same time because it's therapy for both of us um, and be a therapist that way rather than the individual one-on-one thing, you know? Thank you for sharing that, first of all. Yeah. In South Asian culture, it's definitely not easy to talk about mental health openly and thanks to pioneers like you and folks on Instagram and uh, us talking about this topic, you know, on the show, more and more brown people, younger brown people are able to recognize through awareness and, you know, retrieve the necessary resources. You also mentioned that you're fine right now, alhamdulillah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the music... And this album has helped in a lot of therapy for you. Yes, big time. <laughs> it also sounds like you're not, this isn't, this isn't the end of the road. It's, it's going to be going back and forth and there will be. Absolutely. And it's, it's a journey that, heck, 2020 is going to probably be a big year for you with your albums, you know, growth and. Inshallah. Inshallah yeah. and, and all, all that. So you'll probably need some more supportive services that just. <laughs> possibly the the music alone can't do did you think about that like anticipating oh shit I got a lot of stuff coming up oh yeah I gotta go call my mans Abs- absolutely I mean I've been thinking about how you know a lot of stuff is coming up while I'm still in school oh and yeah okay so you know oh. the fact that I'm fine right now is right now yeah yeah um obviously mental mental health is a journey that everybody goes through that can go through ups and downs it's a yeah. roller coaster and with the career doing its thing and like with my album doing whatever it's doing and then me having the trajectory I need in order to, you know, make whatever songs for next year. Um, you know, I do have a lot of my agenda for next year and it's going to be stressful, but ultimately, ultimately I am saving that worry for another time because right now I've, I've been working on time management. I've been working on fixing of my schedule I've been working on pretty much you know as I was saying in PR Havas working on becoming a man so ultimately I'm not worried about how I'm going to be mentally at any point next year if something hits something hits I know how to traverse through it and that's that's that you know there are a lot of older people who who don't have that sense of awareness and they don't have that emotional intelligence that you've just you know, showed us right here. Mm. So I'm really proud to see you advocate not only for yourself, but for so many, you know, younger folks, you know, after you. Mm. And I got to take that question, you know, my next question there a little bit. You know, the music industry has its ups and downs and can be a roller coaster. 
-hmm. you mentioned time management you mentioned you know leaning on your music how do you manage yourself to the rest of the day-to-day week of it all i you know we've seen the pictures of comic-con you're an avid (laughs) gym rat I mean, my, my man didn't need a shirt for his huge wolf mask. And he was just like, nah, I got this. <laughs> so clearly you're taking care of yourself physically. Tell us about your self-care regimen a little bit. So self-care, my, my self-care thing is, uh, I, I have a few different outlets for that. The first outlet is the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been going to the gym like four to five days a week for the past three years. So Damn, that's freaking regular. Yeah. It's, it's not that long shit. that I've been doing that. But it's but regular, like four to five days a week. Oh, yeah. Four to five yeah. days per week for the last three years for someone your age, go on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that that's has it. That's had its ups and downs, too. But that honestly helped me a lot with my confidence, mm. a whole lot with my confidence. And like, you know, if you're if you're working on yourself physically, if you're fixing your diet, because what you eat is what you become, then, you know, you're going to see that you're going to be in a better place um mentally considering you know when you're work- when you're working on your body you feel better about yourself when you're eating the right things you feel better about yourself when you're drinking a gallon of water a day mm-hmm. you feel better about yourself and so that's like that's one of the things that's that's my physical stuff mm-hmm. my mental stuff is all in school mm. and all in uh and all in music at the same time so I am pursuing a degree in finance and I personally really enjoy accounting and I enjoy the logistics, which is strange for a creative to say, mm-hmm. but you know, it's good to have both sides of the brain working, right? So I enjoy the accounting. I Facts. enjoy the logic. <laughs> I, yeah, <laughs> I, I enjoy just like working my brain to its core, right? Like I treat the brain like it's muscle and on top of that, I work on my music. And the music comes from my soul. It comes from my experiences. It comes from whatever I've been through. It comes from even, it comes from musical inspirations as well. Literally, like anything and everything that I've ever done is in my music. So that's, that's pretty much like where all my stuff is. That's, I'm like, I'm a little jealous of you, bro, because I'm not a freaking musician. I was like, oh, snap. If I was a musician, maybe I could package it all there and shelve it and compartmentalize all, all of the things I got to juggle into an album. But um, I mean, that's, are, that's why we leave it to the folks with the talent and the hard work. and the. I mean, there are a lot of different outlets for that. You know, yeah, like, yeah. You, know you can even listen to music and call that an outlet as well. Oh, I, I do, do that. I do the same thing. Yeah, exactly. I, so. I've been listening to you specifically in the car <laughs> on the way because I'm usually an avid listener of podcasts. Yeah. Um, starting with a Note Girl podcast, of course. Of course. And I'm a, and I'm a li- I have a listener of Audible uh, books just to kind of grow through learning. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what it's been for the last couple of, I think maybe because we've been creating so much here mm-hmm. uh, with the producers over here. Like I've just kind of been turned off by learning during the car ride. And I've just been really using music as my outlet. And your sound... Uh, I've been starting sc- from scratch. You know, shout outs mm-hmm. to Oswald again. 2015, 2016 is when he put me onto your stuff. Yeah. And I've uh, been listening to It's All Good, Hi, Thanks, like all the time in the car. And what are you grateful for? I mean, you know, that, that's where I wanted to take this. I mean, we're, mm-hmm. we're finishing up 
a decade. We're finishing up the year. We're talking about self-care and, and how we get through the day. My morning routines, oftentimes you're a part of it. Mm-hmm. What are you grateful for for the, for the previous year? And what are you most looking forward to in 2020? For the previous year, man, I've just gone through so much change. Like, I'm just grateful for all of the people who have stuck with me through, through my process of learning how to find myself. I'm also grateful for the people who haven't stuck with me, who, who I've lost in this process, which unfortunately happens. But, you know, I'm grateful for them. I'm grateful for them having ever been a part. Um, I'm grateful for all the new connections I've made, all the new awesome people that I've met. Um, and I'm, I'm grateful to Allah, um, knowing that, like, you know, I'm not very religious, but I'm grateful to Allah still for everything that I've, everything that I've been through, everything that I've gone through, because if it wasn't for all the negatives, I wouldn't be where I am today. I wouldn't be making the music that I am today. I wouldn't be the person that I am today. So honestly, I'm just, I'm just grateful for, you know, everything and everyone that's blessed my life in some way. Thank you for sharing that. As we wrap up the growth section on the Not A Grow podcast, we'll be right back after this break. Shawty really demonstrating Clearly now we're resonating Does she even know what she's begun? Begun Come be close, girl Feel the resonate Bend the rules, girl Be the renegade Thunderstorm, girl She a hurricane Look me close, girl I and I penetrate When they show, girl Me done entertain Only one, girl She no replicate Broken heart, girl I and I medicate I and I medicate And we're back to the Notagro podcast. I'm your host at Doc Driving Con, Biad Hawass, with hip hop phenomenon, R&B phenomenon, Rahman. We're approaching my favorite segment, the culture section. Rahman, you're a young head. We're family. Mm-hmm. You were born way after me. I still remember the week. Uh, your birthday just passed, like this past month. Like, yeah. uh, when's your birthday? November twenty ninth. November twenty ninth. So your birthday and Azwa's birthday and my birthday are just all within the same two all weeks. The same, yeah. <laughs> two weeks. So I want to hear about the artists that inspired you growing up. You were born in ninety six. Yeah. So it's it's been, it hasn't been too long. You, you've alhamdulillah earned yourself a lot of uh, musical success mm-hmm. so far. But tell us about the artists that inspired you growing up and now. So. Growing up, I, for like the first 10, 11 years of my life, strictly listened to Bollywood. That's dope. <laughs> like, that's 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 all that I knew. I did not listen to any hip-hop, any R&B, any nothing. You're such a good Bangla kid. <laughs> listening to all the Bollywood shit with your parents. I love it. Yeah, it was because it was of my parents that like I was yeah. just like, yo, this is all I want to listen so to. It's like, it was, so calendar year for all the Bollywood heads is 96 to like 07. Yep. So you caught... Like, uh, it's right post Kuch Kuch Hota Hai. Yep. Uh, you caught uh, Kabi Kushi Kabi Gum. Yep. You caught, <laughs> you caught, uh, what's that other shit? The real, real filmy shit with, with Char Khan. Like, real filmy shit with Char Khan. Like, Black and White, I forgot. It was like film, like 04, 05 stuff. Kalhonaho? Nah, that's like some fun, like that's like some fun popcorn stuff. Uh, Devdas, I think. It was Dev like, das. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, there was all these like movies. That was a crazy movie. That's yeah. what I'm saying, yeah. yeah so that, every, that's what you grew up on. Yeah, every single 
movie soundtrack that you can possibly throw at me between those 10 years that's you yeah <laughs> who is your motherfuckers like who are your top people in the bollywood that you're like i'm rolling with them no matter what so listening to sean taught me how to sing and find my own voice when i was a kid wow um rahman's um composition style is also what led me to compose the way that i do now even though it sounds nothing like it yeah um, yeah this is still an influence the the ideas are still there yeah yeah so sean air rahman um alka yagnik also had a really awesome voice a lot of people a lot of people really resonated with her voice and every time i every time i heard her voice you know i would sing along because it was still in my um what's it called I, I, I forget the term for it, but it was within my range, okay. within my vocal range. And, you know, every time I would sing along to their songs, it would it would be, that would that would be yeah. me learning how to sing. Um, you know, nobody really taught me to sing except for myself and my parents. So yeah, like, yeah. So it's self-taught. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, after that. Yeah, after 11, 12? Yeah, after, after you got that, that Bollywood got, foundation? Yeah, after that, I was like, you know what? I want to start listening to some rock. Could. Let me get into some rock, what some kind of metal, rock? whatever. Like, I started like, like with what era? I, it was like, it was when Linkin Park released oh, "Minutes yeah. to Midnight." Yeah, yeah. Linkin Park shit. Rest yeah. in peace, Chester. That yeah, rest in peace, Chester. Honestly, I cried my heart out when he when he passed when he away. Passed away because I um, my I, my wife took it hard too. She's yeah. a big fan. Go ahead. Yeah, I used to I used to listen to Linkin Park all the time. I started off with them. Um, I moved on to like other bands like ACDC and whatever. Oh, you went back Megadeth. to ACDC? Yeah, I went, oh, good I went shit. back. Good shit. I was, I was making sure I you did. Back. I was making sure you did. I went to, um, what else did I go to? I went to Metallica. I went to, I went to AFI when, when they were a huge thing in, in like 2007, 2008. Um, you know, a lot of, just a lot of, a lot of rock bands, a lot of metal pop punk bands and stuff like that. Um, Avenged Sevenfold was huge. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I, I had a lot of that influence your for sound, a little while. Your sound now is very blend of R&B, South Asian, hip-hop influences. You got mm -hmm. a little Fetty influence. Then maybe it's a New Jersey thing. Might but New Jersey thing. Said, and, and you got, like, some of the stuff reminds me of Sean Paul, but I, and I, don't, I don't mean to, like... I, but I but I find your shit like the range and stuff so much even mm -hmm. uh, more complex and greater artistically. Sorry, Sean Paul. <laughs> so, how did you pick up those sounds? The the more urban sounds, the more minority brown shit. So when I was in high school, you know, age fourteen and growing up, I started listening to more rap, started listening to more R and B. Yeah. And you know, I just started listening to pretty much what was in and what other people were listening to. It started because. One of my family friends' dads bought me uh, the Carter Three CD when I was in eighth grade, and that's when it all started. So, oh, he's back on Spotify. Yes, as of yeah, yesterday. he is. As of like what yesterday? As yesterday, it's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, so it, it started off. It started off with all that, and essentially, I just kind of thought, "Yo, this rap shit is fucking dope. I gotta, yeah. I gotta, I gotta yeah. check out more." So, you know, I've just been I was I was listening to a lot of rap, a lot of R and B, whatever for a lot of a lot of my years. And I started being a rapper when I was fourteen. Yeah. Um thirteen I, I was I was writing songs. Fourteen I started like writing raps and whatever because 
you know, when you're going through puberty and your voice cracks, you don't want to sing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> you feel insecure about it. So I was rapping. I was I was learning the whole songwriting thing, the whole I'm poetry just picturing process. A, I'm just I'm just picturing a little motherfucker's like voice cracking <laughs> on a verse on bars, like yeah. you know, like you know that was a big thing. I'm not like, gonna front. Your voice will crack during like 16 bars or something. It, it actually it actually happened so many times, way more times than I could be proud of. But but yeah, so that's 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 how it all Dude, like went the down. Top, yo, sorry. <laughs> Uh, yeah that's 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 how it all went down and so when i was out of my puberty stages that's when i told myself all right let me let me try the singing thing again because i used to be good at it yeah yeah so let me try to get good at it again yeah so i found out that when i was 18 that my singing voice wasn't that great so between then and now i've been working a whole lot every single day on all my scales on all my progressions on everything about refining my voice after puberty, which is how long have you been doing that shit? Like to working on refining your voice, like four years, five years, somewhat. Yeah, yeah. You've grown a lot. I mean, uh, I've 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 mentioned that just just when I first discovered your sound, I was late sixteen, and I only had access to your SoundCloud stuff. Mm-hmm. And then over time, when I just when we reconnected uh, a few months ago, it was just like. Oh wow! There's this whole catalog of music, and it's fire shit. I, anytime I play for anyone in the office or anyone in the home, they're like, "Whoa, what the hell?" <laughs> uh, yeah, off. Yeah, I got some jokes for you after. Uh, I can't even not even appropriate for this thing. I'll tell you <laughs> after. But the Shanti music video, I got to talk to you about your visuals because mm-hmm. it's incredible visual blend of R&B, South Asian. You got Muslim influences in there, mm-hmm. while remaining very fle- very free, very fluid. To the feel of the experience, how do you juggle so many cultures, from fluidity to R&B to Islamic to South Asian, all in one visual journey for like three plus minutes, three four minutes? So, so the way that I juggle so many cultures in like one project is <clears throat> to not think about me juggling the cultures, as in these cultures don't define me. You know, I am who I am, and these cultures that I use, these these influences that I've used to portray myself are simply there to portray myself, right? To, yeah. to enhance the Rahman experience, to enhance who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. So, you know, putting it all in is not is not an issue. Um, you know, I am this is South you. Asian. Yeah, it's I, just like all parts of me. Like that's my arm. That's, 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 <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's my ankle. That's, that's, <laughs> that's just, just like that's just who I am. You know, just cook it together, and here's today's dish. Exactly. And, so like, you know, complain. the R and B thing. That's me. The South Asian thing. Like I am South Asian. Yeah. Um, Islam. I I come from an Islamic yeah. background. Yeah. Like, you know, that's, that's just us. That's just the multiculturalism in all of our experience. In a lot of our experiences. Yeah. So yeah, that's pretty much it. I don't let the culture define me, but I I let it help me. So, what's your take on the status of South Asians in art? You grew up, you know, we're from a different generation. Mm-hmm. We're family. While seeing that there's like a renaissance of not only South Asian art through singing that you've seen, through mm-hmm. film, through storytelling. We've seen it. We've, we've seen it in the evening that we enjoyed at the Dawat screening with Chal. Mm-hmm. What do you got to, what's your take on it about the, the South Asian art renaissance that we're all part of right now? 
man, I love it. <laughs> yeah. I love it. It's it's awesome to to see this many South Asian people actually showing off who they are yeah. to to everybody else as much as they can. I think that's amazing. Yeah. Because not not only is it just cool as hell to look at and cool as hell to watch and listen yeah. to and everything to consume in general, but it's also cool to understand from an empathetic perspective where you know you have these these South Asian artists now yeah. who are putting their all into their crafts and it all comes from somewhere. You know, it all comes from whatever struggles that they might have faced in their lives. It all comes from um, any any issues that they've that they've had growing up, any issues that they've had, whether it be with their parents, their family, yeah. their their peers, whatever, and they're expressing it through some sort of craft. Yeah. And you know, as as we were talking about before, I'm a big mental health advocate. Yeah. And yeah. I think that is so important because, you know, South Asians in general, like we're not trying to talk about that shit. So we're like, we'll <laughs> sing about it. Yeah, exactly. But we're not trying to talk about it. Exactly. We're going to make a Bollywood musical about mental Ex health, but exactly. we're not going to have the conversation in the house. <laughs> yep, yep, exactly, exactly. Oh, I love it. That's so cool. That's such a um, unique way. So I got I got to talk a little about Brooklyn. You spend a lot of your time there. Mm -hmm. Is that is that where your studio is at? Is that where you're dropping your merch? Like what what takes you to? Is that just the closest place you can go for culture from where you live? I just really like Brooklyn, man. <laughs> like I, I I moved to Brooklyn a few years ago for a little bit with a couple of my friends. Yeah, that didn't work out unfortunately because of some uh, some roommate situations and stuff. We all got roommate situations. Yeah, Sal, yeah, Sal. It's like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, no, nah, Brooklyn is awesome, man. Brooklyn's like a, a lot of my homies used to live out there, and a lot of the a lot of the people who I worked with in music used to live out there. Not so much these days anymore because everybody kind of either moved to like L.A. or or like Atlanta or even one of my homies just moved to to what is it Bali? Bali? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, he just moved out there. So, Indonesia, Indonesia, Bali. Yeah. Oh shit! Like oh, out there. Oh wow, that's dope! <laughs> yeah. Wow, you got friends all over. Yeah, so it's kind of crazy, but uh, yeah, Brooklyn is like, I say Brooklyn is like a creative melting pot. Especially, yeah. especially that, especially like the Bushwick area, because you know I have a lot of a lot of homies who are out there. I have a lot of homies who introduce me to newer people yeah. who are doing even cooler stuff. Yeah. And then I can be like, "Yo, let's let's collaborate on something, whether let's it's a song shit. or a video or like photography, whatever." Yeah. You know, there's just so many cool I'm people out there visiting Queens and seeing all this cool shit about Brooklyn. Yo, Queens got it hey, too. Hey man, Queens, Queens got, got the it money. too. Queens got the money, guys. <laughs> um, you got a lot of artists coming out after you. Mm -hmm. uh, before we get, before we ask your your message to them, clearly, you know, you stand on the shoulders of giants like your dad, mm -hmm. and so do I, and your moms, and yeah. Rafaela. Shout yes. out to Sydney, and shout out to <laughs> my mom and, and all of our shared family. Mm -hmm. Give me your top three R and B influences. Top three. Top in your three. life, and I gotta go top three R and B. I gotta go top three hip hop. Mm -hmm. And if I got time, I'll come up with some other shit. At the end of it too, but let's start with the R and B because first and foremost, your sound is heavily R and B. Yeah. Who, are your, who are your top three in R and B for you? Personally? So, personally, my top three R and B artists—they kind of intermingle with the hip hop artists. As yeah, well. yeah, yeah. Of course, but, of um, course. We gotta talk about it. Come on. First and foremost, I would say James Blake is a big inspiration for me. Oh, he has been my biggest inspiration for the past two years of my life. That man is so talented. Yeah. Goodness gracious. He produces all of 
almost all of his own stuff. He works with other collaborators when he feels a need to. Um, and the way that he expresses his art is so, is so, is so like delicate, you know? He, he has, he has this very, how do I say it? He, he has a feel to himself where, where you're listening to him and you suddenly feel like you're taken back into a mental place where you thought you already grew from. Oh, wow. You know? So he puts you right back in there. Puts you right back in there. Give me another next two. So yeah, him, um, Black, Six, L-A-C-K. Okay. He is a great artist. He he inspired me a lot in uh, 2016 and 2017 when he actually like started blowing up. Um, when he started, when he dropped his single Problems, I listened to that single and I was like, this song right here yeah. is everything that I've wanted to create in a song, but somebody else did it. Oh, it's and not. I thought, now I gotta go back to the lab and yeah. And I thought I thought it was amazing. I thought yeah. he was like one of. He still is like he's he's one of like the most influential artists to me. Yeah. Um. So it's him. So it's what is what did I say? I said James Blake. I said Black, and I would probably say The Weekend as well. Okay. Um. The Weekend's sound structure and the way he blew up is is ridiculous. Um. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I did not listen to him much, like way back then. It's but, fine. Uh, yeah, it's fine. You can't keep up with every shit when you're making your own too. Yeah. How about how about the how about the harder stuff? Cause cause you you got flow too. You're not just a singer, dog. I was like, <laughs> what? And then I was like, okay. Yeah, uh, I used we to, about to hang. Go yeah, ahead. I, I rap sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so, his earlier the, shit, people. His earlier shit is more is more about like the, the start there. Stuff. Definitely start there. Go yeah. ahead. So that that comes from I used to listen to a lot of like hip hop, hip hop yeah, yeah, like, yeah. from like from like mid twenty tens though. So who are yours? TDE in general was a big big influence like mm-hmm. Kendrick Lamar, Isaiah oh. Rashad, Absol, oh, all yeah. the huge influences. Um, Travis Scott is another influence. Um, he he kind of ties into both R R and B and hip hop, but um, his flows, his lyrics kind of influenced me as well. Doom was a big influence. Um, Earl Sweatshirt was a big influence. Tyler the Creator, um, yeah, I used to listen to a lot of like underground stuff and a lot of stuff that a lot of people considered weird back then, and I thought it was super cool because nobody else listened to the music I was listening to. It was just like a, it was just it was touched like, you and it connected yeah, with you. Yeah, it was like me and my friends, and that was it. No. I love that <laughs> shit. It's like. I kind of like it more because nobody else likes it, yeah, and that's exactly. like kind of like, oh, this is our shit. No, 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 don't come into this space. Yeah, this is this is ours. You know, <laughs> it's been a real, real pleasure. You're definitely giving back a lot, not only as an artist, as a as a mental health advocate, mm-hmm. as a, as a culture ambassador. What message you got for the young ones trying to follow in your footsteps? If you are trying to do something artistic with yourself, do that absolutely do that don't let anybody stop you if you think that you have a lot of growth within that artistic realm keep going don't let anyone stop you traverse through the negatives whatever it might be and make sure you're still working on yourself that's it incredible to all of our listeners this has been a very very special episode with my brother Rahman and his album's out Piyad Hawass Download it, copy it, get the merch. 
Uh, follow his website, uh, xrahman.com with, mm-hmm. you know, R-A-H-M-A-A-N. And you can find out more about his tour dates and, and where his next meetups and shows will be and all the stuff that he got going on coming mm-hmm. out. Until then, to our listeners, thank you for listening to Notre Girl Podcast. And always remember to pay it forward, folks. Pay it forward.